welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosord, as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 56 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 42 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And we are less than 24 hours away from the NFL Combine, which is uh, very exciting and um yeah, we, we got we got some special stuff planned for the combine. Already a ton of articles um, outlining, previewing. I have some some bets up there that we'll talk about later in the show. Um, but uh, you you want to want to remind the folks what we're what we're doing these next four days? Let's do it, Shane. Uh, the next four days here at the Draft Countdown YouTube channel. This will be video only. I, we're not going to publish them to our audio uh, podcast because they're going to be like four or five hours long, and nobody's going to sit through that. But uh, basically, we're going to be an accompaniment to uh, the NFL Network live coverage of the uh, NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, for those of you who don't want to listen to them talk, but you'd rather listen to us, while you mute the TV screen, turn us on, and give us a listen over the next four nights. Uh, we're going to start. We actually don't know. We're, we're kind of playing with it what time we're going to start because we want to see when the actual drills start. Yeah, once so, the drills start, we'll, we'll, yeah, uh, once they start running, we're, yeah, we're, we're going so. live. And then we'll adjust uh, each day after that from there. But the plan is, uh, Shane, you're going to start it out probably solo tomorrow uh, until I get in. Maybe it ends up lining up at the same time. And uh, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on how that works out tomorrow. But uh, tomorrow we got quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends uh, going tomorrow. Running backs, offensive line Friday, offensive line, um, defensive line, linebacker Saturday, DBs on Sunday. So I'm pumped up for that, Shane. Uh, we're going to talk a lot over these next uh, five, these next uh, four to five days. And and I think one of the great things here is you know if 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 you want to go back and listen later get kind of live analysis of what the players are doing and it's not just the times uh, that's honestly the, the best part is going to be the drills and breaking those down as they're happening you know what's looking good what's not looking good I, I think that's going to be the most fun and um, I'm I'm excited I'm excited for tomorrow we get to see I love the receivers. You know that, so we get to see the gauntlet, uh, them kind of catching passes, see how cleanly they can turn and catch, um, and a lot of the route stuff. See the quarterbacks throwing, so it's which it seems like um, outside of Matt Corral, looks like everyone's going to throw. So it's it's going to be a good um, it's going to be a good combine. Yeah, I think so too. And we're going to get you know get a lot of anecdotes in there about a lot of these players. We'll we'll you know give you notes, you know, stuff we've seen from the season. Uh, and the all-star circuit and everything. We'll kind of talk about that, maybe where we, we're projecting some of these guys. We'll get to all of that. You'll basically – it's just going to be a basic stream of consciousness, everything, whatever's on our mind at the point in time we see these guys. But we'll, of course, we'll relay the times. We'll relay the drills and everything that's happening. But, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, we got a special guest coming on with us tonight. We're uh, I, I, Shane, I don't know about you, but I am just intrigued by what the Atlanta Falcons – I don't know why – but they're picking at eighth, and they're what they're doing the draft, and and that sort of part of the round kind of intrigues me, and so I figured we'd bring on a guy to talk about the Falcons tonight, and he's one of the brighter young guys uh, out there. Let's bring in now Daniel Flick, and I mean young. This guy's a youngster. Everybody, look at that baby face, baby face guy there, Daniel Flick. He is a uh, covers the Atlanta Falcons for. 
the ATL Fanatics, and he's a writer for the ATB Network. Daniel, man, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. I, th I, th I think you're muted, Daniel. We'll have to uh, pop it in, but <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I can't, we can't hear you. But uh, while while Daniel kind of gets that uh, yeah figured out, now nah, look, I, I'm I'm with you in terms of um, you know in in terms of the Falcons are a little bit interesting just because of the amount of needs because of you know getting Kyle Pitts last year, it, 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 Matt Ryan's getting older. It's gonna be uh, you know it's gonna be interesting. So I'm excited to to dig in and talk about it a little bit and uh, and see what's happening. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we got there you, you go. now. There he is. All right, Daniel, man, thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, thanks. yeah, pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. How y'all doing tonight? We're doing we're doing just fine. Getting ready for this combine, and I uh, know you'll be watching it uh, these next four days. But uh, I can't yeah. talk about the Falcons, Daniel, without without my first question here, and it's the forty million dollar question: Is uh, yeah. what's what's the Matt Ryan story, man? I mean, I assume he's going to be the QB this year, but what about next year and beyond? Yeah. Um, my understanding of it is that he will be the quarterback next year, uh, 2022. Um, Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot are very fond of him. Um, the question, like you referenced, becomes what they do in 2023 and beyond. To me, from everything that I can understand is that Matt Ryan probably – they don't want to extend him, okay? So they want the Matt Ryan era to last as basically short as they can. They do not want to push that contract back. So to me – Everything I've heard is that they have done a lot of work on the quarterback class in this year, this year's class. They did a lot of work on last year's class as well. So to me, if you connect the dots, it looks likely that 2022 will probably be his last year in Atlanta. So it's kind of to follow up on that. Um, you talked that they, they're doing a lot of work on this quarterback class. Do you have some insight maybe on who they're looking at? You know, they obviously picking in the top 10 of the first round. Um, we've heard this quarterback class maybe doesn't have that superstar, that guy that might be worth a top 10 pick. So do they look at a Malik Willis and maybe reaching for him in the first? Do they look maybe – Second day, a Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong type. What kind of guys do you see them looking at? Maybe a type, maybe specific players. Yeah, I've heard Ritter from Cincinnati is a guy they really like. They've done a lot of work on him. Um, they actually had three scouts at Cincinnati's game against Notre Dame earlier this year, which um, Eric Galco of the Shrine game referenced as his money game. Um, they, I want to say they were at his, uh, probably three or four of his games throughout the season. Um, and I've – I've asked two or three different people, and they've all told me that they're very, very high on Ritter. Um, I've also asked around. I've not gotten a definitive answer on Malik Willis. I've, at this stage, I would say if they were to take one top ten, he would probably be the guy. But I think Kenny Pickett is a very, very good fit as well. Um, they supposedly had a pretty formal interview with Matt Corral at the Combine, but, of course, they're going to have formals with just about everybody. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say – Quarterback in the top 10 is probably not where they go. Um, but at this stage, I would say probably uh, pick 43 in the second round is about – I'd say that's probably the earliest they'll look. If they can get a late first-round pick for Calvin Ridley, I think that is absolutely on the table. Um, they have two second-round picks as well. So I think that's something where maybe they could um, – maybe they could – if they can maybe move up to get that fifth-year option for a quarterback, I think that would be a really good – um, situation for them as well but at this stage I would say Ritter if he makes it to 43 is probably 
I told someone earlier this week, probably about a 75% chance he's a Falcon if he gets to pick 43. You talked about Calvin Ridley, and I do believe, you know, we can all assume that they're going to move on from him, whatever that situation is. I'm not going to, you know, speculate on his mental health or whatever. I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, last year with the fourth overall pick, you know, it's not it's generally not great when you're picking in the top ten back to back years, but here here they are. But last year with the fourth overall pick, they took Kyle Pitts first tight end ever drafted that high. I have to believe you and the rest of the Atlanta fan base pretty happy with that uh that for selection. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um obviously Kyle Pitts is not your typical tight end, obviously, at this point. He's a kind of he's really an offensive weapon, is what he is. I mean, he's gonna spend just about as many snaps out of the slot as he is in line. Um, so on and so forth. So to me, you know, there's been a pretty big debate about Justin Fields, about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, you know, rightfully so. But to me, you can't really complain about Kyle Pitts. I mean, I think he had the second most receiving guards for a tight end, a rookie tight end in NFL history. Um, he's a kind of building block offensively that I think you can kind of build around moving forward. And with Arthur Smith and his affinity for the tight end position, I think um, Pitts was obviously a, a home run hit, a home run pick. So then, you know, if you have him as kind of that primary weapon and, you know, you mentioned him, maybe they move Ridley, whatever. Um, What do you think is the planet wide receiver then? Is it going to be, is free agency going to be a major look when you have guys like Allen Robinson, you want another older veteran? Do you think they draft a receiver fairly high Um, as, as a fantasy football guy? Like, that offense is really intriguing because it's kind of wide open for a number of those positions and receivers definitely won. Yeah. So I've actually asked around quite a bit about this and I was told receiver third round is where they're probably going to end up going. Jalen Tolbert is the name that I was given that they're pretty high on. Um, and there's also a lot of guys in this class that fit their build. Um, the build they want is bigger guys as far as uh, mass and really height as well. A lot of their guys have been six foot plus 200 plus. Um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, I think is pretty interesting for them as well. Um, but Tolbert, Tolbert actually, uh, weight wise does not fit what they want, but if you watch him play all the stuff that, that South Alabama did with him, as far as crossers and, and mesh concepts and things of that nature, um, he's, he's a pretty, pretty seamless fit. I feel like in Atlanta's offense, Traylon Burks, if they are to go receiver, Traylon Burks makes the most sense to me. Um, as far as 6'3", 227 around there, I mean, weight-wise, he's like right on with A.J. Brown. Um, Tennessee drafted A.J. Brown when Arthur Smith was offensive coordinator. Obviously, um, obviously, Arthur Smith had a lot of success with A.J. Brown. Um, so to me, Traylon Burks, if they target it high, is probably where they'll go, but I don't think they do. Receiver and free agency – I was told they'll look around, but I think a lot of the top guys end up going in that first wave. Um, Atlanta does not have the salary, um, the room to work with in the first wave to really make a splash move. I feel like um, Terry Fontenot stressed that this week as well. They'll be more active in uh, the second and third waves of free agency. So really, DJ Chark has been mentioned as an option. I was told probably somewhere in the one-year, $10 million range for him, uh, fully guaranteed if it's a one-year deal probably about two to 19 if it's, if it's a multi-year thing. So he's a guy that would make a lot of sense, but I don't know if he's going to fit them cap wise. Um, but I think it's a, it's a tricky situation for sure. I would tend to guess they'll probably add a veteran guy, but a lot of the guys higher up like the Allen Robinsons of the world that you guys mentioned 
are probably out of their price range. Alan Lazard to me is a very interesting name though. If they wait a little bit. Uh, we got a question in chat that pertains to the Falcons here. And so I figured we'd get it answered while you're on. Uh, JC superstar asked, would they consider moving up to 32 and trade with the lions to get that extra fifth year for Ritter, possibly including Ridley in that package? I actually like that trade for both teams. Yeah. You know, to me, I really think that if they are to take a quarterback, like I mentioned, Ritter at 43 or Ritter back end of round one is probably the most likely option. Um, I do think that he would be – I think the Lions would be interested in that deal. Obviously, I think they're a little bit bare at receiver outside of Monroe St. Brown. Um, you guys being fantasy guys probably are pretty pretty well aware of that. So I think really would be a pretty good fit there. Um the, the next question with that is, would they – I think they could probably give him a decent extension. He's going to need an extension because um, he's entering year five of his contract, so he'll be done here pretty soon. Um, I think Detroit would be willing to do that. I think Atlanta would take that in a heartbeat. Um, getting that late one, getting that fifth-year option for a potential quarterback, especially Ritter, I think Ritter fits really well in that 20 to 32 range of the draft. Um, so to me, I think that would make a lot of sense for each side. I like it. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think that's interesting. Something, something for Brian's next mock draft then to, uh, to with trades to <laughs> pop, pop, pop that right in. Just take that right from JC Superstar here. Um, so, uh, well, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to harp more on the skill positions, but I do have to ask about running back too because yeah. I feel like it's like every every skill position something. Now, Quero Patterson had an excellent year, uh, kind of in that hybrid mold. Obviously, they, you know, that they signed Mike Davis to probably carry more of the load than he did. That didn't really work out. Um, kind of similar question to receiver. How do you see them addressing that position? Uh, this is a deep running back class in the draft. Um, do you expect them to add a running back in this draft? And let's say they add one late. Is is there a chance that that's a player that could take over back? You could Elijah Mitchell it a little bit and maybe surprise if things go well. Yeah, for sure. Mike Davis, I think, ends up getting cut. I think they can they can save a couple of million if they cut him. And with them being so tight with the cap, I think it's something they for sure consider and probably end up following through with. Um, Cordero Patterson, I was told today they don't want to budge off that 6 million range. And I think, um, with the, with probably the increasing impact of the wide back role in the NFL, that he'll probably end up drawing a pretty high demand. Um, so I, I'd say it's 50, 50 on whether or not he returns everything he's put out on social media is that he wants to return. Um, but you know, I think there's a decent chance he ends up going, so then to answer your question, I think for sure it's possible that they end up getting an Elijah Mitchell type of player. Um, I've mentioned on Twitter several times, Abram Smith from Baylor is a perfect, perfect fit for this offense. He's an outstanding wide zone back, um, and Atlanta runs a ton of wide zone. So to me, I want to say he's like 6'1", 220. You plug him right in, start him right away. Um, Brian, I believe you had them taking James Cook in your mock today. Um, I like that fit a lot too. Obviously you can move him around quite a bit on a third down and, and involve him in the passing game. Um, but I would, I would definitely think they're going to draft one. I would think probably more day three. I don't think they'll, they'll target it too high. Um, cause I do think there's a lot of really good fits later on in the draft. I think Brian Robinson's a good fit. Abram Smith, obviously, like I mentioned, is a really good fit. Um, running back class this year is pretty deep. So I feel like they can really hit value later on in the draft. Uh, and end up getting, I don't know if I'd say 1K year one, 
but I for sure think they can get pretty good production um, pretty pretty early on. And I, I, if they are to address it in free agency, I would tend to guess it would probably be a Cordero Patterson, Mike Davis kind of signing that's relatively cheap, um, kind of a veteran presence to help a rookie kind of ease into the NFL. They have had success with those middle round running backs. Uh, I know Edo Smith a few years ago. I was a big yeah. fan of coming out of Southern Miss. Well, you mentioned my my Atlanta Falcons mock draft today, so let's talk a little bit about that, uh, Daniel. Uh, overall, how did how did how did you think that addressed the Atlanta needs overall? We'll we'll run through. I'll run through the picks real quick, and then I'll let you do that. Uh, my first round pick eight, Ahmad Garner, the corner. Cincinnati, uh, second, their first second round pick at 43, Kingsley and Igbare, edge rusher, South Carolina. Wandale Robinson, wide receiver, Kentucky, uh, second round pick 58. Kirby Joseph, safety, Illinois, pick 74, round three. James Cook, pick 112, round four. Uh, finished it up with Terrell Bernard, linebacker, Baylor in the fifth round. I had them picking E.J. Perry, the quarterback from Brown, who I'm a huge fan of and will we'll, we'll pound the table for that guy. Yeah. Uh, during our three days of draft coverage, Shane, you know that. And uh, Luke Wattenberg, the center from Washington, and the, the, with their other six-round picks. So how, how did I do there, Daniel? I was a big fan, uh, personally. I think um, Sauce Gardner is outstanding. Great player, great fit. I mentioned him in early October as being a really good fit for the Falcons back when he was a late-round one type of player for the media. Um, if they go corner that high, obviously it'll be a great, great discussion between him and Stingley. Um, but I think he's a great fit in Atlanta. I, I was told today that it's probable that they bring Fabian Moreau back on a, a vet minimum. Um, if he's willing to take that, he was a league average CB two last year. Um, Isaiah Oliver, the market for him is a bit, I would say unclear coming off the ACL, uh, more, more of the story. They're going to need a cornerback. Okay. They're going to need a cornerback pretty high up. I would imagine. Um, I would guess maybe in that, maybe day two, um, but I think Sauce Gardner pairing him with AJ Terrell would be outstanding. Um, and it's a really, it's been a, a fun talking point in Falcons Twitter. Um, moving on in Igbare, I think the, the depth of the pass rush class is outstanding as well. And I think if they, I think it's totally in the realm of possibility that they hit that well twice, um, in the top 60, um, cause they need all the help they can get there. But I think he's about 6'4", 260, really body type fits what they want. I think he's a pretty solid fit. Wandale Robinson, you know, you wouldn't think he'd fit what they want, but if you watch him, he plays so much bigger than his listed size. I mean, he is a tough, tough guy. Um, obviously, all the things you can do with him, putting him in motion, putting the ball in his hands, everything. Um, I think he'd be an interesting fit, very exciting for sure. It kind of depends what they do in free agency, I feel like, because – I feel like you're probably going to want to put him more in the slot than than anywhere else. But um, moving on, I, I love James Cook. Um, I'm really, really high on him. think his fit in Atlanta is okay as well. EJ Perry, pretty pretty exciting. I, I thought he did all right at the Shrine game. Um, I've not gotten to his film yet. I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's interesting. I think his upside is pretty high. Um, obviously, athleticism, arm talent, pretty intriguing guy. Um Who'd you have as uh, the other second round pick after Enigbari? Uh, Wandale Robinson. Uh, Kirby Joseph was a third round pick. Okay. okay. Yeah. Kirby Joseph, that pick was kind of interesting to me. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him relative to Richie Grant. Because um, as far as ball production in college, you know, coverability, 
um, kind of high-low versatility. I kind of felt like they were a little bit similar in that regard. Um, but with with the way the Falcons secondary currently looks right now, they did not give Richie Grant too many too many reps last year, um, re- like at single high. So I, I, there's kind of a trust thing there. They actually played a lot in, at nickel corner down the stretch last year, which was interesting. So it, if they end up not addressing corner high, you might see them put Richie Grant at nickel full-time next year, which then kind of invites Kirby Joseph as a more – realistic opportunity to put him over the top. But um, Luke Wattenberg, I'm actually a big fan of his. I thought he was very impressive in what I saw of him. Obviously, interior of the offensive line is pretty weak in Atlanta. Um, pretty young, pretty inexperienced. Um, other than Chris Lindstrom, it's not. Matt Ryan was on his back way too much last year. So I was told they'll probably stick it out there and, and kind of hope. But at the same point in time, that's not – for a 37-year-old quarterback, that's not a great plan of attack. Um, but all things considered, I was a fan of the mock. Um, I believe I mentioned that I thought there were a handful of good fits in there. Um, top of the draft, I felt like you crushed it. Um, and then James Cook, James Cook would make a lot of Falcons fans very happy. I'll put it that way. He would, he'd really excite the fan base. I feel like, and you know, anytime you get a Georgia guy in Atlanta has not been too many of those guys lately. And I think, um, I think the fans would be quite pleased with Terry Fontenot. Shane, I'm hearing a solid B plus is what I heard. Look, I, I I think that's solid. You can do that. I mean, you take a B plus every year. So, but uh, good job, Brian. W- when you get around to EJ Perry's tape, you'll notice what me and Shane did, and basically, you will see that he was he was it. He was the entire Brown offense. That man took that team on his back, and anything they did was solely because of EJ Perry. You will see yeah. that that team was terrible. Really, was it worse than what Liberty had around Malik Willis? Or yes, really, <laughs> yes, it was. Be, it was Liberty, but with worse athletes. Oh God! Oh, it was. It was quite bad. Shane, I'll, I'll give you the last question to Daniel. So, so Daniel, just uh, pretty simply, give me your 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 top three ones. So, if, you know, if you kind of had the wish list at eight overall, um, what what what's kind of your list top three? and dream scenario that you would love uh, the Falcons to have? Dream scenario, um, you know, that puts you in the Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton range, but I'll keep it realistic for you because I, I don't think – I think it's pretty unrealistic either of those two actually get there. I mean, maybe one of them, maybe. Maybe Thibodeau. Yeah, you know, he's, he's getting talked down a little bit. You never know. Yeah, I'm going to start driving that a little bit. Um, but I would – I think for me, I would go – something in the order of Ojabo, um, Sauce Gardner, and then I'll throw Trayvon Walker into that mix as well. Uh, Trayvon Walker has been getting, uh, I feel like, a little bit of a boost. I think it was um, Dame Brugler, the athletic, had him number five overall on his big board. Um, and I feel like Trayvon Walker's body type is perfect for what the Falcons want. He's 6'5", 275, um, versatile, athletic. He is a great, great fit. Um, and I, I think – a lot of people might view it as a reach at this stage. I think there's an outside shot that that ends up being decent value uh, come late April. That sounds sounds good. I, I, didn't was it was it Jeremiah that had Thibodeau mocked to Atlanta at eight or, or somebody yeah. did somebody did so hey it's not it's not unrealistic to think that a safety gets pushed down to eight or that Thibodeau falls to eight. Uh, it seems silly to us. Yeah. That that two of the most the two most talented players in the draft class fall to eight, but it's not mm-hmm. unrealistic. But uh, Daniel, man, thanks a lot for coming on tonight uh, and lightness about it, the Atlanta Falcons and the intrigue surrounding them for the NFL draft. Tell everybody right now uh, 
where they can find your work. All right. I'm on Twitter at Deflick Draft, um, and I write for um, the atbnetwork.com. Uh, it's a great, great up-and-coming um, up and coming website. I'm very excited about the future there at ATB. Sounds good, man. Everybody go follow uh, at Deflick Draft on Twitter, man. He's, he's a good follow. Great young guy, man. Daniel, thanks a lot uh, for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Hope to join you all again. We'll, we'll definitely have you on at a later date. That was Daniel Flick, Shane. Uh, I feel like we've learned stuff. Yeah, no, that was that was, that was awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that we had him on because I think the Falcons are one of those teams that, like I said, has so many needs. I, when I'm doing that seven round mock, I get confused as to d- directions that they can go and positions when. So I think uh, I'm going to take a lot of Daniel's advice to heart in my. Post combine mock, maybe maybe we'll have some of some of uh, what he wanted and what he thought the Falcons would do in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, the uh, Wandale Robinson uh, or the Kirby Joseph, what he was talking about, you know, basically being the same player as Richie Grant. I didn't put that together, so that's uh, that's good information to know uh, about about how they view Richie Grant because I remember he was a uh, he was a well thought of guy after the Senior Bowl last year. He had a great Senior Bowl week down there out of mm-hmm. UCF. Shane, um, I saw some stuff the other day, and I immediately messaged you. I was like, we're going to talk about the tight end class because this thing's gone butt wild, Shane. It's crazy. I, I can tell you right now, I think we could ask 10 different people at this point who tight end one is in this class, and we may get eight different answers. Does that, that sound fair to you? I, I feel like you're exaggerating a little bit, but uh, I think I think we could get – I don't think it's that far off. So I, right. I, maybe I think four, maybe five, maybe five or four, maybe four or five. It's, yeah. it's, it's wild, man. And uh, what brought this up was, um, was it was it Dane Brookler? I, I I feel like I can't remember now who it was, but they had Greg Dolchitz from UCLA as tight end one, and that was that was the. Um, the catalyst for me bringing this up. And it's like, I can't believe that this is happening now for the longest time. It was Jalen Watermeyer was widely considered tight end one. And he's currently mine, but that will be changing probably. But like you also said, the combine after tomorrow night, I think we're going to definitely have a clearer picture of this tight end group. Would you, would you say that's safe to say? Yeah, I, I I think we will. Um, ultimately have a little bit better of a picture right because we're looking at you know who who athletically is gifted enough to be that pass catching tight end i think a couple of the guys we know are pretty athletic um, or maybe can run the 40 fast but you're also looking at hey they need to run faster than a 475 that's kind of the threshold for being a good tight end in the nfl um so that's that's uh that's drew sample you know, line there for four, seven, five. And then, you know, you have to show some athleticism too, in terms of agility, in terms of explosiveness, how's that vertical leap. So I think when we put that together, you know, we had Kentley Platt on last week talking about the RAS score. I think that's where, uh, you know, that's ultimately where you're going to see, okay, who separates themselves, moves up into that early day two is, you know, is, is it Weidermeyer? Is it, um, you know, does Trey McBride do better than we thought he would? 
uh, you know, is it Greg Dulcich? We'll, we'll see what happens. But I think it's uh, I think that's the exciting part is like I, I don't quite know where this is going to shake down. Um, I believe Josh Norris from Underdog Fantasy. I know probably a guy you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's positive or negative. I have no idea. But look, he uh, he no, it's positive. I mean, he he had by far the most accurate mock draft. I mean, he dominated the Huddle Report dominated. contest for the mock draft. He had Eric Stokes, the Packers. Like he he's really really sharp. Um. I believe it was him that tweeted out a list or made a list or basically it was the combine tests that matter for each position and tight end says speed score, which I believe is spark. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not very familiar with that metric, but I've heard it in regards to high school athletes, but not much. So it, it takes the 40 and, and really takes the 10 yard split. Uh, as a big part of that forty uh, of that spark score, right? So it's not right. just the forty yard dash, but you have to run that first ten yards pretty well because that's typically what you're doing, and that equates into a score. Okay, so it's it's it was speed score forty and the three cone as the most important test for a tight end. Maybe explain a little bit about why the three cone is to people listening, and why that would be important for a tight end to run that really well. So the three cone, the, the key with that is really change of direction, right? Uh, just as it sounds, you know, you're running around three cones. You have to change direction around each cone to get to the next, to get to the next, to get to the next, and kind of make that um, triangle there. We'll see if you follow the live stream coverage, we'll, you'll see that. You'll see that on the NFL Network. And basically what that does is it, it tests kind of footwork and agility. Can you change direction well? Can you not waste time and waste steps in moving within those routes? Right, tight ends typically aren't going to beat, um, you know, beat defenders uh, on passing routes. They're not just going to run nine routes and run down the field. You know, you need to kind of stop on a dime. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey's really good at that, right? Finding the open space, stopping and laying in, laying in there. Three cone can show that, and it also shows what that agility is. So if you're in routes, even if you're not the fastest player, but you're agile enough to make a, a good cut to run a good route, and you're that big at, at the tight end position that's really tough for a linebacker or safety to cover that agility. Uh, and that's why it can be really important for tight end production. So, and uh, the, the Dulcich tight end one, that was Daniel Jeremiah. His Daniel Jeremiah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had um, Trey McBride there before and, and swapped them. That's what it was. So let's, let's look at what I think is going to end up being the top five tight ends after the combine, because I feel like that's where my ratings will end up adjusting themselves after I think Weidermeyer is still going to be in that top five. Isaiah likely, I think, is going to be there. I, yeah. I, I, I'm absolutely – I've heard people think he's basically just going to be the, uh, a move tight end. No, I, I think he can sustain on the, on the end line. I think he can block. I mean, there's a chance he comes in as the lightest tight end in at the combine. I, no doubt about it. I mean, he was yeah. – I, I don't remember what he weighed at the senior bowl – 241 241 which he was listed at 240 so that's 245 so 240 whatever he's probably going to be about 240 uh at the combine i would imagine uh trey mcbride i think will be will end up there mm-hmm. uh greg dulcich is going to be there probably and who's that fifth guy is it cole turner is it kate otten is it my man jelani woods or is it jake ferguson from Wisconsin, who had a great senior bowl game. 
Do I get to list more names? Because I feel like I give me more like, names, Shane. Uh, I, I think Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State has got to be in that conversation, uh, and I think Charlie, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State uh, has to be in that conversation. Now, I think Kohler's not going to have a great combine, which is probably the problem. There's there's guys saying Kohler's four. Um, you know, I, I've I've had Kohler as high as three in this class. I moved him down. I think he's a great two way tight end. Whereas I think guys like Cole Turner. He's gonna have a good. He's gonna have a good combine. He's built on athleticism. I think Jeremy Ruckert, Kate Otten. I don't know what Kate Otten will do if he works out. I don't, he's not working out. He's not uh, working out. See so, that today. He's not gonna work out. So you know, but uh, he's. I think he's more highly thought of than we think. Um, you know, than it, it appears because we haven't really seen him. So yeah, I think it gets tough. I mean, I, I unfortunately for your guy Jelani Woods, I don't think he's. Yeah, I think he would have ended up at the Senior Bowl if he was in that conversation. Um, and I like Jake Ferguson, but I just don't see, I just don't see it. Uh, whereas I think the other, you know, the other eight guys could maybe ever have a better shot. And that, that's what makes it tough. It's, it's such a deep class. I would like to have thought that Jelani Woods should have been at the senior bowl, but that was a pretty stout room. They have. He was better. He's yeah. better than Daniel Bellinger, right? You'll give me that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do have him. Um, four spots above Daniel Bellinger in my rankings. So. Um, is there any – okay, so we talked about Raz and George Kittle was a fifth-round pick uh, despite his superb athleticism. Who's going to be that guy this year you think is going to have a great combine, but we're not that's, – that, you know, is going to get overlooked and going to be that day three guy? Who's going to be that guy? Ooh, um, that's, that's a tough question. So I, I think when probably how I would measure it, um, the guy that I would say fits that bill the best is maybe a, a, a James Mitchell from Virginia tech. If we want to talk like late day three, fifth, sixth, seventh round, um, he's a player who got hurt, but I think has that big athleticism. Now, is he going to be able to work out by the pro day and show that I'm not sure. Um, you know, I mean, maybe it's Grant Calcaterra, but you know, I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's an, the athletic player, the injury history. It's not a blocker. You know, we kind of bump him down. Um, or, or you know, I'll, I'll even say I think that the of the eight guys we mentioned, probably one of them's go or maybe two are going in the fifth round. Like Jake Ferguson could go in the fifth round to be that player, right? I mean, that could happen. Maybe Kate Otten's injury is worse than we think. Um, so it could be one of the guys that could be the fifth tight end off the board. He ends up eighth or ninth and ends up in the fifth round and someone takes Daniel Bellinger, you know, too early. Like a team seems to do with it blocking tight end every year. Uh, I mean, it could happen. Like true sample. Like, well, I wouldn't want to go. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I already mentioned him once today. So Sorry. I don't want to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out and he's not at the combine, but the more and more I dig into, and you, and you, I feel like this is Tyree Jackson all over again, but, a worse passer. Uh-oh. I have become absolutely intrigued with Armani Rogers from Ohio. Goes to the Shrine game, never plays tight end before, plays it there. Man looks good running routes out there, Shane. For somebody who's never done it before, of course you don't know if he has the hands or what, but he's going to test like he's going to test really well at his pro day. Yes, he will. That he will. <laughs> so I think his testing alone gets him drafted in the seventh round. I'm just going to say it. It could. It could. If he really tests off the charts, I guess we want to talk 
the lightest tight end in this draft. Then we can talk our money Rogers too. I'm not sure if he'll, I think what he come in two two twenty six. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, probably out of, if, if, if he gets drafted, he'll probably be the lightest drafted, but he is super athletic. I mean, and tall. So I, I don't put that past. That's, that's an interesting I, I, I mean, he, he's a, a six, five frame. He can easily add 15 pounds. And, yeah. and, and, I mean, he, he's a, he's a drafting stash, right? I mean, he's a, he's a seventh round draft guy, cut practice squad guy. I mean, that's what he is. Right. I mean, that's what the practice squad was made for guys like that. And it's what, I mean, it's basically what happened with Tyree Jackson and the Eagles and they, you know, they bring him in after his uh, XFL stint and he goes on the practice squad and he's active roster tied in now. And we've seen guys like Mo Ali Cox for the Colts, you know, the, those type of super athletic tight ends. I mean, we, we can go to the really high end and talk about maybe a future pro bowler in Antonio Gates, right? As like, hey, just draft and stash guys that are athletic, but maybe don't have experience. Tight ends probably the one position where everyone has to get brought along slowly. Almost everyone has to relearn the position in the NFL anyway. So it is easier because it's so difficult, it's almost easier to catch up because you're almost starting from a point where some even some of these veteran tight ends. Yeah, it's almost to his advantage that he's never done it before because he's basically learning it all at one time. He's not having to relearn stuff. Right. He learns right. it how they want him to learn it. I mean, I'm at this point now, if I'm a team that has loaded up on sixth and seventh round draft picks, as you know, you see a lot of these teams have, like I think the 49ers, as an example, have like four sixth round picks or something or three why not just try to cash in some of these lottery tickets and, and see what happens on guys like Armani Rogers and some of these other guys that, you know, maybe their production wasn't there to position or their position switches or just take chances. I mean, cause these guys likely like how many of those sixth round picks are going to make the 49ers roster next year? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably, one out of three. Right. If, if you're lucky, so, you get a guy. So so take chances on those guys. I mean, you're not – if you're counting on sixth-round picks to improve your team, you're probably not a very good team to begin with. So, But, yeah, so the tight end class, uh, that's – tune into the live stream tomorrow because we're going to talk a lot more about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Another guy like Austin Allen, didn't even talk about him uh, as another one of those day three guys that I – I don't know how well he's going to test, though. He doesn't seem like he's the real yeah. athletic -y guy. He's yeah. big, though. <laughs> he, he, he is big. Like it, It's tough because, I mean, on average, how many tight ends do we get drafted? 12. I mean, are you going to 12? And we, we, we have more than that at the combine. So I think we're going to – I think we're going to be disappointed on draft day of the draft capital for some of these tight ends. I think they're going to 21 fall. at the combine. 21 at the combine. Yeah. Counting probably. the two fullbacks. Right. As, which they should count there. So not all those guys are getting drafted. And then plus you have an Armani Rogers, someone like that, that'll get, you know, might pop in. I think it's going to be tough. I think all of them, all of them are probably going to fall further than we think they will. Um, and teams are just going to pass when there's bigger, you know, there's a lot of strengths in other positions and it's deep. So maybe I can wait, wait till round four for that tight end. And it's not going to make much of a difference between late round two and early round four. Now that's also not including knock on my guys, like you said, Armani Rogers, but also Derek Deese, San Jose state, I think is going to have a draftable grade from a lot of teams and Lucas Kroll from Pitt. 
is another that could be on some team boards. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, that's it's one of the uh, tight end is one of my favorite positions in, in football. I, I've loved it for the longest time now, and something I try to follow really well. So I'm, I'm always anxious to see where those guys goes. All right, Shane, let's make some money. Let's get people paid. Combine bets are out. Uh, you made a few uh, wagers on DraftKings. Yes. I made a few wagers on Bovada. So let's talk about them, Shane. We'll we'll talk. We'll, we'll go to yours first. Uh, you're betting Star Wars currency here, or, 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 or Marvel <laughs> currency here. Six units. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson slower than four four two minus one thirty here. That feels pretty safe, huh? Yeah, six units is a lot. <laughs> you right? So it's basically like whatever you bet, multiply. Usually, most typical bets multiply by six. That's what that means. Okay. So, so that's not Star Wars currency. Okay. Not Star Wars currency, unfortunately. Um, but like, like I said, the combines generally where I make my money that I lose during the year betting the NFL and college football. So, so, you know, this is, this is where I can get that even. Um, Garrett Wilson, initially I had him at a four, four, one, his press conference today. He had an interesting quote where he said a lot of people, he's read that someone thinks he's going to run a four, five, five. And so he's, he's like, I'm, I'm breaking it. If you're motivated by breaking a four, five, five, you're not running a four four two, right? Like you know, maybe you run a four five zero, maybe a four four eight. Like maybe he's really fast, and I definitely overestimated his deep speed as it was. I think he's gonna kill agility, three cone, that stuff. He's gonna he's gonna be maybe the best at receiver, but deep speed probably not. I think this is a sl- the slam dunk. Even at my- minus one thirty is not bad juice for the combine, and it's usually good to take you know take take the minus whatever um, instead of trying to 50-50 bet. You know, make the sure bets and bet a lot of money, and usually you win. So, if you're watching tomorrow night and Garrett Wilson runs faster than four four two, you will see Shane cry live <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Shane, my first one that I laid down on, I basically took I took your advice here. Uh, what position uh, will have the fastest player forty debt? 40-yard dash time, put a little money here on the cornerback position at plus 100. And that leads into, uh, I believe, one of your others, which, well, yes, was fastest 40, fastest player, faster than 429. I think we both and everyone's pretty much in agreement that uh, the Texas high school track star that outran Anthony Schwartz, who could have run in the Olympics, uh, is going to run faster than a 4-2. Nine, and that's Kalen Barnes from Baylor. So I feel like so I took that advice and bet a little little cash on the uh, cornerback position being the fastest for it. Yeah, my my when you're listening to this, my article is probably out uh, predicting all the forty times for every defensive player. The offensive ones are already out there. I think I have him at a four two five. So yeah, I mean I think he'll be faster than a four two nine. I don't think there's a receiver that's running that right. I mean Calvin Austin maybe can get low four threes, maybe, maybe, you know, I I really don't see anyone else that I love that I think is going to run that fast. Um, So I I feel like the corner bet at plus 100, I I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my next, my next wager here, but I I don't know if you have this information hand or if you can look it up really quick. What was the uh, over under for Traylon Burks is 40. 
Ooh, but anyway, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, so I'll so look, while you're I'll looking that up, uh, fastest 20 yard shuttle time. I bet a little cash on slower than 388. That fair. feels fair to me. That yeah, I I think that's a tough. I think that's a tough number to hit. Um, I mean, because anything under four is like electric, right? So that 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 felt good to me. Uh, also threw a little cash on the uh, highest vertical jump number under forty three and a half. Mm, that you know, vert's tough. Like I I could not feel like I could predict that well because sometimes some guys have that that explosion have that height that arm length plays into it. So I might be a little scared on that one. A little but, risky, a little risky, but, but I, I, I felt fun. it was worth it. And uh, just because I had a, just to make it an even number left in my account, because I can't stand when it's like extra change. I put a dollar 73 on this long shot bet here of a player breaking the broad jump record set by Byron Jones, 12 foot, three inches. I don't know if it's going to happen, oh but it was God. plus five fifty, and for a dollar, a dollar seventy three. Why not? Right? You're just you're just going for it. Yeah, I I don't think we see any of the records fall this year. I don't think so. Either. Like we said, may, maybe Kalen Barnes can threaten the the forty, but I, I I don't think the other things are gonna you know gonna end up hitting there. Um, Traylon Burks, I, I, I don't think anyone has actually put up a number, but from what I've seen on, um, some of the offshore things, four, four, two looks to be the prediction over under four, four, two faster. Slower. Me and me and guy here in the comments section are in sync. Burks is running four, three something. I think so. I, I I'm going to go out right now. I didn't do a 40 prediction like Shane did. Yeah. Four three eight trailer marks. All right, all right. This this can be our battle on um, tomorrow, I guess. Right. I, I went four four four. He it a lot depends on the weigh in too. Like if he weighs in at two ten or something, I'm in. But if he weighs in at two twenty two twenty two, I think it's gonna be hard to get that that win the four threes. But possibly. Uh, you bet two units fastest forty faster than four two nine. We talked about that because. Uh, there's going to be multiple players that may come in under that Calvin Austin, Tariq Woolen, Kalen Barnes, for sure. Probably uh, one unit you draw uh, Jahan Dotson slower than four, three, three, getting minus minus one thirty five on that shape. Jahan Dotson, the uh, safety from Penn state. Oh, what wide receiver wide receiver yeah, um, safety is a uh, brisker. Sorry. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I Penn state low, little, little scary. Because they they have they have some good speed training. They there. do some Jahan, good combine training there. And Jahan Dotson is very fast. Uh, I have him at a four three five, so pretty close to the four three three. I think he could break it. That's why I only did one unit. Uh, but generally, I feel like guys end up a little slower than I think. Um, I think it's just what happens. So if I think he's going four three five, eh, you know, he might be a four three seven, and we still be pretty happy with that. Um, so I, I think he'll he'll end up slower. Uh, one other bet I made yesterday that is irrelevant. Well, maybe it is kind of relevant to the combine, but uh, I saw Ike McQuanu was plus 700 to be the number one overall pick in the draft. 
So I laid a little money down on that. And then yesterday, Mel Kuyper Jr. releases his mock draft. Ike McQuan is the number one pick in the draft. All of a sudden, that bet that I got at plus 700 is now plus 425. Mel moves the needle. He, look, he, he moves the dial. People 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 hop right in and start betting whatever he, he has at number one. Um, so good on you for, for getting it. I, I'm trying to look up if I bet that at any point. I don't think I, – I think I thought about it and then I didn't, so now I'm going to regret it. But there probably is a point where you could have bet all four of the guys that we know are the four in contention and make, make money, right? Like the, if you line that up correctly, probably even starting now – you probably have a shot at doing that. Very, very possible. Um, let's see if there's any over here that I, I didn't get to. Uh, the longest broad jump. I didn't put anything on this, but it's it's basically even money. Uh, over under 11 foot 5 inch broad jump. Uh, I, I can't say I'm a broad jump expert either. Um, I would say that guys will probably, it, it probably feels under to me. Like I, it seems pretty big. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm hoping somebody gets over 12 foot three. But <laughs> that's right. Right. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, I feel like with so many people not doing the bench press, I feel like I want to just throw some money on this one, but it's even money right now uh, over under 40 bench press reps. I see. Yeah, I probably go under because I feel like if someone's going to break it, they might not do it. Um, but, you know, it's still some of those linemen. They like to show that off. It could happen. But I'd probably go under. Uh, let's see. We 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 talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, positional player to make the most bench press reps: defensive tackle plus one seventy five, offensive tackle plus one fifty, guard or center plus two hundred five, linebacker plus two twenty five. Feels like a waste of money because those guys you never see a linebacker with the most bench reps. It's always one of the guards with short arms or the defensive tackles with short arms. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be offensive tackle this year. I think you have some guys with some shorter arms that have a shot. I I probably with with that juice, I'd probably go interior offensive lineman. But I don't love that. Last one we'll talk about: Rich Eisen forty time over under six point oh three. Uh, Rich is getting older. We're we're gonna go over. It, it's time. It's time for him to go over that. See, Daniel Jeremiah is a nice guy. I feel like he might work the stopwatch a that, little bit. That is that's a good point, though. You yeah. know, Mayock would have never gave him that. <laughs> but I feel like Jeremiah might give him thirty-eight yards or something. He might give him the old LSU forty. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Look, <laughs> would you go over under six oh three? Because I know where I would be. Oh, well, I mean, I, I would. I'd be. I'd be over. Rich Eisen can beat me any day. Yeah. I could probably train for three straight months and might not get under 603. I'm built like a tight end chain. I am not as I am not athletic as one. <laughs> um 
that yeah, like uh, maybe 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 someday down the line we'll we'll have a draft countdown combine and uh, oh, we don't want we'll that this time. We, <laughs> we don't want that there. at all. <laughs> all right, we have no more questions in the chat. I do not believe we had any on Twitter. So, final thoughts before we head into our wall-to-wall combine coverage of the next four days. I'm excited for it. I'll have a mock on Monday reflecting that. We'll have reports up on the site if you don't want to watch um, each, you know, after each day, just kind of outlining the main points. Uh, but, you know, you can always go to YouTube and after the fact, you know, pop on the live streams and listen to our live analysis after the fact. Or if you join us live, you can be in the chat and we'll be answering questions and taking comments all all day. So could start as early as as what three, three four, tomorrow yeah four, 4 p.m eastern or but I, i've i've heard it's 5 30 p.m eastern is probably we'll when see. it will start but we'll see i hope it's the latter and not the former because then i should be able to get in right when the drills start if not then shane's gonna have to carry it for that's fine an hour yeah that's all right uh you know either way we'll, we'll be good so i used to look i used to live stream the whole draft by myself so uh we'll a veteran, there. A veteran. <laughs> new there so yeah so uh if you're watching this on youtube right now man subscribe to that channel we're lots of new subscribers uh the last couple of weeks and we're, we're happy to have everybody hit the notification bell there you'll get notified whenever we go live these next four days for the combine and we're also going to do live live coverage of the draft as well so you're going to want to subscribe to the channel and, and be notified of when all these videos go up uh, if you're listening to this audio-wise, uh, be it on Apple, be it on Spotify, hit that up. Give us a good rating, five stars and all that jazz. Give us, write us a good review so other people can pick up on those. Our, our shows have been downloaded through the roof here the last couple of weeks, Shane. Can't can't say that I'm uh, not happy about that because I'm pretty ecstatic about it, uh, the, the numbers on, on the podcast here. People, people getting into that draft fever, I believe. But, yeah, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google all that good stuff. You can find it on there. We're we're ready to go. Um, But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at Draft Countdown. YouTube.com slash The Draft Countdown is the official place to be for all of our live coverage. And as always, everybody, until next time.